Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the same love, the same love. Stay by your side, it's right over. All right, welcome back to Forge in the Fires podcast. I'm your host, Fireman Rob. Today, my guest, a good friend, a gentleman who started uh, this amazing podcast called Spartan Leadership. He is a very accomplished businessman. He is now really leaning in more towards being that the teacher, that leader. I love it so much. Josh Koshnick, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, good to be with you, brother. <laughs> now, you know, I, I had the privilege of being on your Spartan Leadership Podcast, and it was so awesome to have that conversation. And I want to start there um, from that that podcast that you have. It's a it's video, it's audio, it's it's really personal. How what was the premise behind starting that uh, Spartan Leadership Podcast? So, I had a uh, podcast previously called Inspire People Impact Lives. And uh, that was really my mission statement uh, way back when, when I was running a financial firm, yeah. uh, because that's what we did on a day-to-day basis. And when I separated from that financial firm, um, would have been officially to 2021 anyhow, I started mm-hmm. you know, reassessing a lot of things in life. And one of those was the podcast, Did I Want to Still Do It? Do it? Is the name and the premise does that still hold true? And the answers were, yes, I still want to do it. The name, the premise, the audience, what we're going for, that needed to shift a little bit. So what I wanted to do now that my influence wasn't just in the financial space and more broad based to uh, many leaders and entrepreneurs across America and some listeners even across the world was created something that was more of a leadership based podcast. I actually, uh, my, coaching and consulting company is called Kairos, which is an ancient Greek and ancient biblical word. And oh, so sticking with the Greek theme <laughs> and have, having been enamored Perfect. with the, uh, the movie 300 and, yeah. and Spartan culture, I looked, I looked into it. I said, Hey, uh, is there a Spartan leadership podcast out there? Cause that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't to my surprise, you know, I That's thought maybe, awesome. even, you know, Michigan State University or, or Joe someone Casino else would have gotten it. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah, someone else would have had it and, and it wasn't out there. So I'm like, all right, let's roll with this. That's and awesome. uh, so we, you know, we got that, you know, set in the stone. I created some branding around it and uh, now having a lot of fun, obviously having leaders like yourself on there, having great discussions. And then also once a month, we do a leadership and review, which I would have never been able to do this with the compliance world in the financial industry. (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. (laughs) Talk about politics and how poorly our government is being ran. So once a month, I have a cigar with a friend or two 
that have different political views than I, and we have a contentious conversation surrounding that. either a hot topic, either leadership-wise or politically or uh, even civically, uh, based on what the current hot topics are. And so we show people how to have a contentious conversation uh, and still come out friends because that seems to be a lost art nowadays. Oh, you're so right in that. I mean, that's such a powerful statement that you just made because it's so it's so hard for people to be tolerant of of ideas or opinions that aren't theirs. And when you talk about this leadership, what, what was it in your life that kind of led you to this point of being able to have those contentious um, conversations? A lot of contentious conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Repeated hitting the, the head against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the simple answer. The The longer answer is this. I've uh, been a leader for a long time. You know, even when I dropped out of school, or, I mean, you can go back to sports days, captain of sports teams, you get your, yeah. you know, you dip your toe into that leadership pool. But it's not until you're really charged with other people's lives, paychecks, and responsibilities uh, <laughs> that you really feel the pressure of being a leader. Uh, right. You know, when you have people counting on you, your vision, your mission, and your ability to uh, uh, produce, uh, like their livelihood is dependent on you. That's really when I feel like you can call yourself a, a true entrepreneurial leader anyhow. I know there's right. leaders in the military and in the firehouse like yourself and in other places like that. In the entrepreneurial world, until you're employing people and responsible for their livelihoods and their family and their dreams, that's where I think you can truly call yourself a leader. Now, that being said, so a lot of mistakes along the way. You know, uh, yeah. a lot, a lot of conversations had, I, I used to be the one that would avoid contentious conversations. I, I have really? often joked. Yeah. Yeah. So I hated, let's just say this. I'll take it back to like high school and college before I was married and, and living out those single days. I absolutely hated breaking up with a girl. Wow. In fact, I hated it so much that I usually would be an asshole or just something just do something really? dumb to get them to break up with me oh my gosh because that's i hated crazy. it so much so oh then my. you know you fast forward and now i'm a, a sales manager at best buy it was my first job after i you know quit school dropped out of college because i was in sales there and yeah. i'm forced to have some really really tough conversations in fact i saw my my store manager uh, who happened to be female yeah. she hated contentious conversations so much she made me have some of these really uncomfortable conversations. I'll give you one as a, <laughs> That's a great teammate right there. <laughs> wow. Oh, this one, this one's awful. Uh, so this one, she had me, the sales manager, have a conversation with someone in the operations department and customer service, which was not my department, by the right. way. But there was a, a female in the operations department that had some body odor issues. <laughs> and she forced me to have oh. that conversation with her. Oh, that had to be awful. It was awful. It was like, were, were you sweating yourself? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know, you know the difference between working out sweat and stress. Yes. Sweat. <laughs> like, oh, by far, I by far. Stress sweat to the point that I had body odor <laughs> having this conversation. It was so oh. uncomfortable, oh so unnatural and should not have come from me. It was a oh. great learning lesson to be like, Hey, when you're the leader, um, you not only have to have contentious and, and difficult conversations, you also need to know tact, 
and you need to know yeah. who's appropriate to who's the most appropriate one to have that conversation. In that instance, it was not me, and I had to do it anyhow. Oh my gosh, so you fast forward to the point where I actually became so uh, disdain or just I just hated uh, conflict or the elephant in the room so much that I overswung the pendulum, like we often do, like society. Like we often, often do, does yeah. That's politics, right? Oh yeah. So. I overswung so far that I uh, would say things, just blurt them out, right? I would just blurt them out. And to the point that it just, they would not come out right. So my intent and my impact didn't match. And when you're having difficult or contentious conversations, your your intentions and the impact that what you're saying has need to match. And at that time in my career, they were not. So to, to make this, to kind of land this plane anyhow, I said a lot of things that would come off wrong and then I'd have to circle back and be like, Hey, that's not what I meant. What I meant was this, like, I really care about you. And this is why I see you going down this path. And if you don't course correct, you're not going to be here in a month. Right. So then, right. So then I had to course correct. So now I was like, okay, well that's wasting some of my time. So how do I get back to uh, having a conversation in one sitting that is my intentions and my impact match the message lands and that we can both go on our day and be better for it. So it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of being bad at it at the beginning to now being good at it. And now I can hold space for just about anyone and really have a good conversation. I mean, unless they're totally ignorant or totally narcissistic and I realize that the conversation (laughs) is not going to go anywhere and they're not going to, they're not truly listening to me or anyone else's side, then I'm just going to end the conversation because we know we're not going anywhere. But I really truly feel like I can hold space for anyone at this point. And and that's a, that's a huge skill to be, especially as a leader. And I think that's such a, a powerful thing. And you, you were talking about your master, your mastermind, your group that you have, you know, that when you and I were talking about it, it had, it sounded just so amazing to be able to, be able to help shape the, you know, these lives of these individuals coming in. Tell me more about what, what are the components that when somebody comes into your, your Kairos coaching or the mastermind uh, groups, what is it that they're going to see in themselves to be able to move forward? Well, that's a great question. So I hope my, my goal is to build some superhumans. And I what that. I, my definition of superhuman is truly being able to function, not just exceptionally well on the professional level, not just exceptionally well on the physical level, not just exceptionally well on the spiritual level, but packaging all these things together. Because I've seen so many entrepreneurs just absolutely crush it in, in financial success, in business success. And then they leave their relationships at home burning. They leave their, their you know, they're divorced yep. four times. Their kids hate them. Uh, and, and or uh, they're just spiritually broken. And so what I want to get from most, or not get, but give to most people, and in return I get, is seeing them become their true potential, uh, their whole potential, not just professionally, but personally in relationships, in relationship with God, or whatever right. they believe for that matter. It doesn't have right. to be God. It could be universal energy we could talk about because I I actually think that spiritual connection and universal energy is the same thing. Just oftentimes it's packaged differently for different people's beliefs. Right. Financially, like do, do they still play? Are they finding play and enjoyment in their life? Uh, because what uh, a lot of uh, scientists and including neuroscientists have found is our connection to play. Why, 
our, our children up to about five, six years old, absolute geniuses. And then we lose that genius over time. We lose the ability to play and to yeah. be creative over time as we fi- like file into this like regimented school system and this regimented, this is the societal norms. Uh, so I want to see an experience for all of the people that I come into contact with, that they're really hitting on all cylinders of life. So when we're coaching or we're talking to people, it's not just going to be hitting your professional goals and holding you accountable. It's going to be holding you accountable to your physical goals because okay. to hit big, to hit big goals, you need big energy and to have oh, yeah. big energy. You need to be physically fit. You need to be mentally and uh, emotionally fit. And uh, you need to have a spiritual balance uh, to your life so that, and, and when I say balance, I want to, it's often yeah. counterbalance that we need to, because that, that term gets thrown it's out a there. It's a hard term to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Work-life balance is so, what I call it more is work-life integration. So I want to make a specific point here because a lot of teams, when you, when you say the word balance, the reason it's hard is most people think 50-50 and right. nothing in life is ever going to be 50-50. I got four young kids. So like, <laughs> even if I wanted to sp- spend 50% on. of my time with them, yeah, th- it's not possible because they're in school from eight to three you know, we got to sleep, like there's never going to be 50% of the time, no matter how much you slice it. So that's why that balance is such a fallacy. You really have to work in integration and make sure that you're getting the most out of life with your family, spending quality time over quantity time, and making sure that you're taking come, taking care of number one first, which is you, so that you can yeah. be all that you need to be for everyone that you're responsible for in your life. So true. And and I love that quality over quantity because it's so, it's one of those things where a lot of people are like, well, you know, I was with you for two hours. It's like, well, yeah, an hour and a half you were on the phone for. <laughs> it's not being engaged in the moment. How how do you, how do you, you have so many things going on. How many, how do you really, um, what is your trick to engaging in that moment with your kids and with your wife and, and, and even with yourself in those moments where you have to have that self-reflection? All right. So first of all, I'm not perfect. No one is. No one so is. So I don't ever want. To, yeah, I don't ever want anyone to think that I got everything figured out. My kids will be the first one to tell you that I need to put my phone down at certain times because I got clients checking in or you know something going on. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to start with that. But what I really try to do is be as present as possible. There's a there's a saying that's out there: "Be where your feet are." Oh, that's and it's true, but it's it's more than just being where your feet are. It's like being really engaged in the moment. It's right. being really present. It's really centering your thoughts around what is going on in front of your face. Like last night, uh, my five-year-old, uh, my son, was he just wanted me to see the beginning of – he was watching BattleBots – or BattleBots. <laughs> um, some spin off of Transformers which Transformers oh. you and I remember from being oh, I kids. love There's Transformers. Some, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There's some spinoff of that. And he was watching it on his iPad and he just wanted uh, to, to show me the beginning of it. To like, it was basically like its origin story, essentially. Right. It was like the first five, I saw the video, it was like 25 minutes long. I was like, wait, are we watching the whole 25 minutes? He's like, no, 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 just this part. I'm like, okay. And he's like so into it and explaining it just like, all he wanted was my attention for those five minutes to show me this cool thing that he was watching and experiencing that he was really into. 
Right. And then sometimes, you know, it might be just throwing the ball or sometimes the girls, they're really into dance. And so they just want your attention to show their, their dance they're doing for competition. All it is is just like putting that phone down and paying attention to what your kids are really finding enjoyment in. Or when your spouse wants to like, here's the thing. I don't, men don't do this. Women do this. Uh, well, maybe some men do this, but it's certainly not me. Uh, you can chime <laughs> in if it's you. Uh, I'm going to stay like, quiet. <laughs> they, they like save stories for us for the end of the day. <sighs> like what happened at school or something of this nature. And, uh, yeah, not me. you know, us like men, like I get, I get crap from her all the time because yeah. I'll, I'll tell her, Hey, uh, so-and-so is pregnant. And she'll be like, do you know what they're having? No, no. I didn't ask. Wait, oh, so and so just had their baby. Did you find out the name? No, I just <laughs> had a baby. <laughs> do you? Like, I, I do it two days later, and then I'm, I'm like, "Oh, I, t- I totally forgot to tell you this." <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. She's like, "Well, that would have been something I would have saved up to like tell you at the end of the day." I can't believe you didn't tell me. Like, I don't know, my mind just doesn't work like that. But like, they save up stories, so they just want our attention at the end of the day. Yeah. to really download because and, and oftentimes like my wife's like talking to children most of the day talking uh, to our four kids like so she wants to talk to an adult on the same wavelength <laughs> yeah same brain exactly. wavelength and, and maturity and tell these stories to her oh, wait 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 you said maturity no come on josh <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so, it's all relative right it's all okay it's all relative good good i got you no, I, I love I love the philosophy because it's and you know what I mean. It takes uh, for leaders. I think it's so valuable to be humble to your mistakes and to um, the perfection because I think a lot of people uh, try to lead that perfection. I mean, in the financial industry, you are very very successful. So people look at you and go, "Oh man, he's he's always had this." I mean, now he's just going to continue to have it. But like yeah, you were okay. saying, it's not always that way. No, no. In fact, you know, going away from that uh, financial industry piece, like um, a lot of people were uh, shocked that I didn't stay in the industry, and um, and that would have been the easier thing to do, right? Uh, by far. Uh, but what I what I found is, you know, when you fall down, especially when you're really really successful and you fall down, whatever that may be, whether it may whether it be a divorce, whether it be someone you got terminated, whether uh, whatever that falling down is for you, it um, you can reinvent yourself in such powerful ways. Yeah. And if you, especially if you lean into God and his purpose and believe he has a bigger plan, like my leadership wasn't just meant for that financial firm. It was meant for bigger a much things. broader audience. Yeah, It was meant for bigger things. And so now it's just like through through prayer and action, right? So that's why I don't like the book, the secret because it just talks about thinking and manifesting. It doesn't talk about going out and doing, which is a key component of it. It's probably the Um, biggest thing. (laughs) Yeah, it is the biggest thing. Like, and then you choose again, that trial and error and that screwing up and falling down. And like, like here's a, here's an instance. Like I never in once in my career, never once from, from Best Buy to the financial company that I was with, which is a fortune 100 company. Like I never once in my career ever had to choose an email system had to choose a calendar system, had to choose a CRM. Like oh, yeah. now the world's my oyster. I'm like, well, <laughs> what calendar system do I want to use? Well, what email system do I want to use? What webs, like, how do I want my website to look? I never had those options before. It was all done for me, which 
in some senses is really nice. In other senses, it, it stifles that creativity. So, okay, now oh, what do so I want to look at? Oh, 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 and by the way, who is good at doing that that can help me implement this? That's and so you just true. get to network and, and create a whole different, uh, not only life for yourself, but just a different identity for yourself. It's a different ecosystem that you have. I mean, that's, you, you hit it on the head. There's like you, you know, everywhere, everything from when you're in school to really when you get a job, everything is kind of the environment's built for you. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, you're building that environment from buying the land to <laughs> uh, creating every single aspect. What what is what is one of those things that you uh, in the mindset that once you got into that entrepreneurship, what was something that really shocked you that you're like, oh man, I di- I didn't realize I had the opportunity to do this. Uh, it would probably be a better question of what didn't shock me. Uh, oh, that, that, yeah. It, um, I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing is the world is our oyster nowadays, as far as information, like the, it's called the information age, but uh, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Like what, what's, what's true about it is that you can find out anything you want to know via the internet uh, through Google search or what Wikipedia or anything. There's so many trainings, whether you go to masterclass, whether you go to any of these other different uh, either apps or, or websites to be able right. to really reinvent yourself in some powerful, powerful ways. You can go back to school. My wife's going to get her master's in nutrition right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do many different things to reinvent yourself and, and come up, but then you got to create a business model that actually works. Right. So a lot of times what entrepreneurs are doing is figuring out a, a gap in either technology or society that they have a product or an idea that works or that they think will work to fill that need for, for consumers or you're uh, making something better that once wasn't right. as good. Right? right. So either way now it's okay. I got this idea for me uh, in coaching and consulting people that wasn't necessarily such a big leap because that's what I was doing as the leader of a financial firm. Anyhow, I was recruiting right. and developing <laughs> and coaching people on a daily basis. So that wasn't a big leap because that was something that I was uh, passionate about and skilled at doing from the get-go. Now it's just, okay, all these other things like creating the leadership retreat, buying the land, to now how do I want that to look? How do I want it to be experienced? <laughs> little things, yeah. Yeah, how do I want it to be experienced when people come out here? When they, What do I want them to leave with? What tangible things can they leave with to change their life? What experience can I create? Like thinking through like a Disney-type experience. Uh, right. Because any, if you've ever been to Disney with your kids, like – I tell parents that are going there for the first time, like, hey, it's a shit show. It is an absolute <laughs> shit show. But it's also the most magical place on earth for oh, your kids. It's, it's like a nightmare for you as a parent, <laughs> not only from the, the cost of it, oh, yeah. from just the busyness of the people, some of the rudeness of the people that might be there because they're all trying to do their thing for their kids, all, all the different stuff. So bottom line is if you keep your focus on the kids, then it's fine. But the Disney experience and the way they make you, the kids feel and the specialness of it. That's what I wanted to create on the leadership retreat side as well. So it's just ideating and continuing to uh, test those ideas and test your, your, your own skill set to see, okay, do I need to level up here or am I in a good spot here to, to continue to run this play? That's awesome. I love that. It's so it's so powerful to have somebody like yourself who, you know, you, you've created your path 
and you continue to manifest that path in different ways with your family. What, when you look at your kids, you know, what is that, what is that legacy that you want to leave with them um, through that you've, the path that you've chosen, the path that you've created? It wasn't one that was paid for you. It was one that you created. What's that legacy you want to leave for your kids? Well, the biggest thing is that they take the principles and lessons that I'm giving entrepreneurs, that they take those to heart as well. So now I know that you are never the prophet in your own land. Um, I was the same way with my father. My father was very yeah. successful and very wise, and I fought him tooth and nail until at least my mid-20s, probably better say, saying like 30 was when I would actually listen to him better. Um so I know I have that context and know that my kids are, you know, I'm their dad. So I'm not going to be as taken as seriously until they fully mature. Um, right. But that's, that's still is like the podcast that I do, like one of the ancillary things that, and I tell this to people that, you know, are contemplating starting a podcast. I was like, look, there, there are millions of podcasts out there. You're right. Yeah. It is yep. uh, what I would say saturated. <laughs> However, everyone's voice is going to, you're going to attract your own audience. It's like people are connected to Fireman Rob. They may they may resonate with my voice, but really they're listening to your show as we speak here, right? Yeah. So the, the, they're connecting to you, Spartan leadership, like the, the people that listen to me connect to me and anyone else. But an ancillary benefit of that is that God forbid anything happened to me, my kids will always have my voice. That's what's so huge. It's so powerful. I, I, I love that. So That's, that these yeah. podcasts will always be there. Right. So, or my videos or any speeches that get recorded, um, they'll always have those. And if I choose to write a book like you, you know, which I I do have in process, like once that's out there, like that's, that's a legacy for them to know who their dad was. If I don't get the opportunity to live a long life and see them grow. That's so awesome. I, I love that because it's so, it's so powerful to have, um, that spoken voice and, and even you're giving, the the cool part is you're giving um, other people that ability to have their voice and their legacy uh, trail on too. And I think it's just a powerful thing. Make sure you go to Josh Koshnick, but, uh, dot com. It's K-O-S-N-I-C-K.com. Um, you can find out all about the mastermind. You can see his podcast there and also hire him to speak. Josh, it's been a pleasure having you on, but I, you're not done yet. I got three questions for you. You ready? All right. Fire away, brother. All right. If you could go back to your 18-year-old self and give your piece, uh, yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Uh, <laughs> Is there too many things? There might be too many things. All right. So let's focus on one. Uh, man, my first gut thing was like, don't even bother going to college. They, see, I like so, that. so I went for, I went for two years I went with the total wrong premise, which was to continue my football career. Um, I, I wish I, you know, I would have gone back and just, I, you know, I wouldn't change anything, but like, had I had this opportunity, like you asked the question and be like, don't go to college, just go right. do your thing and continue and start building from the jump and learn those lessons that you eventually learned anyhow, just a little bit sooner. Wow. I like that. I like that. I would have been the same way. <laughs> uh, now, if you could give people, everybody's going through challenges and struggles, and, and a lot of them are unique to the, each person. If you could give them two habits that they could incorporate into their daily life um, to continue to move forward, to continue to pursue their best self, what would those two things be? 
uh, a buzzword or buzz thing out there is morning routine, but I'll give you the why. So, the, yeah. so one answer for you is the why behind the morning routine. It is setting your mind to win the war of the day, right? Oh, so you need yeah, your like mind that. that that time that morning time is for you. So, for instance, I get up at five every day. Five oh four is when my alarm goes off. Number nine is a special number in my world. Um, so that's why my alarm's a little bit weird. But I have about an hour and a half. <laughs> I have about an hour and a half where I have silence. And it's the only silence I have wow. during the day because otherwise the four kids are, yeah. or, or my wife or work or phone or whatever. And during that time, no email, no phone. It is do my breathing exercises uh, with Wim Hof, do some prayer, do some reading that's uh, helping me get better so I can help others get better. Uh, it is setting my mind up. It's taking a shower and then a cold shower. Um, I'm doing all these different things, hydration. All those things are set up to win the day, which is really just preparing my mind for whatever is going to come at me. I love and that. that, that's what I would say. So the morning routine gets a little bit buzzy out there. I just yeah. want everyone to understand the why. The second thing is I would really, really lean into the power of manifestation. Uh, mm -hmm. And really think about ideating and giving yourself space to contemplate and ideate around what you really want out of life. Um, manifestation is real. Uh, the quantum energy field and whether you believe in spiritual uh, spirituality like or God or Christianity like I do, as well right. as all these other things, it is all real. And it's a function of you being able to put out the best energy and your unique gifts into the world and then acting upon that. And starting yeah. moving the ball, even if it's little That's by little, huge. just moving the needle a little bit, a little bit towards becoming that better version of yourself. Some great things are going to happen. That's huge to do. All right. This last one's going to be fun. If you could have coffee with three individuals, they could be deceased or alive at a firehouse table. So in other words, no questions are off the table. Everybody's going to answer everything. Who would those three people be and why? <laughs> All right. First one's easy, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second one, sitting down. You no, know, I'm gonna. So yeah, sitting down on the table. So I'm gonna go uh, spiritually, politically, and athletically. I think is where my mind's gonna go. All right, so I'm gonna go Jesus. I'm gonna go uh, Abraham Lincoln. Oh wow! <laughs> and this is the only person that I would be starstruck ever if I got to first meet, meet them. Cause I'm not starstruck by anyone. This is the only person on the planet. I'd be starstruck by Michael yeah. Jordan. Uh, so those would be my three. I Jesus, just watched Abraham that documentary again. Jordan. Oh my gosh. That's, that's an epic team right there. <laughs> Cause you got, you got your center, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you got your two yeah, wings. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's all. I love that. And Josh, I appreciate everything that you're doing as far as being a teacher, a leader, um, and uh, changing people's lives through both your podcasts and your mastermind and your coaching. So uh, make sure you go to joshkoshnick.com uh, and uh, find out more. Josh, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks right. for having me. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. 
Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.